Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome back. Another World of Pew show. Got Brandon Klein with me. John had a family situation, and I will be on. Uh-oh, it looks like we lost Chris. Oh, one second. We lost Chris here. <laughs> we lost our camping. Uh, I'm back. Sorry about that. Where, what's going on? Oh, my computer kicked me off. Do you guys hear me? You guys hear me? Now, I, now I can. All right. Brandon, are you still there? Technical difficulties tonight. I'm still here. Yeah. Sorry, it freezes well, up on me now and then. Okay, no problem. Well, hey, sorry, but that guy kicked off there for a second. But I am back online. And, yeah, World of Pew podcast. We're here with an old friend, Marty Gitlin. Um, I knew Marty from our days back with the old Willoughby News Herald up in the Lake County area. And Marty and I are no longer there, but um, we both progressed, and Marty's now writing. And Marty's written a lot of books, and we want to talk about some of the different books, but tonight I wanted to focus on cartoons. Uh, I got a chance, Marty's up in the Cleveland area, got a chance last week to see him at the Westerville Library talking about his new, well, kind of recently came out last year or two. Uh, Marty, tell us a little bit about the book you did. You, you kind of ranked the top 100 cartoons. Well, that's right. Actually, uh, the book is called A Celebration of Animation, The 100 Greatest Cartoon Characters in Television History. And I'm the only author ever to actually rank the greatest cartoon characters of all time. And people say, you know, so these are your favorite cartoon characters, right? And I say, no, we ranked them based on different criteria. In fact, there's a couple cartoon characters in there, uh, like Beavis and Butthead, for instance, that I don't even like very much. But we, you know, they made an impact on American pop culture, and they deserve to be in the book. But, um, uh, you know, so it, it's it was really a tough undertaking. We 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 uh, my co-author and I, Joe Wos is my co-author. He's the resident cartoonist for the Charles Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa, California, and uh, we uh, used different criteria like legacy. You know, how long these characters remain in the American consciousness and personality, whether they're evil characters or funny characters or superheroes, how well their personalities match that, and, you know, um, uh, uniqueness of voice, things like that. And that's that's what we use to, there you go, uh, that's what we use to um, rank the greatest uh, cartoon characters of all time. And of course, this is showing the Amazon page, which is which is fine, and uh, but uh, I, I usually prefer uh, that folks, if they want to get the book, they get it on Gitlin G I T L I N Books dot com. Okay, great. That helps great. me out a little bit. Gitlinbooks.com, If they want to get this book or any other book that we talk about, 
Um, it's really, really a, a, just a really fun read and very colorful. A lot of images of cartoon characters in there. And, and um, there's a hundred cartoon characters in there that, that cover the last 95 years um you know mickey mouse and popeye that goes all the way to today so it's it's really a a fun a fun book okay great so where did the idea come to start out with a book like this i mean why why cartoons did you always love cartoons like where did this whole thing start i did i did when i was a kid saturday mornings were very special to me as as uh uh, younger people might not understand this, but uh, we had only had three channels on our TV way back in the 60s. And on Saturday mornings, I had my big bowl of cereal out in front of me and and I would watch four hours of cartoons because that's when you watch cartoons on Saturday mornings. And we watched a lot of Warner Brothers, you know, Looney Tunes, uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and so forth. And there was an hour of Hanna-Barbera and Magilla Gorilla was my favorite Hanna-Barbera character and Yogi Bear and all these characters. And um, so I was inspired. And then when I had my uh, daughters uh, back in the late 90s and early 2000s, I watched a lot of cartoons on Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Um, and, uh, you know, especially a SpongeBob SquarePants. And, and the, the uh, we were lucky with this book because the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants, his name is Tom Kenny. He wrote the foreword to my book, which was okay. really, really cool. And uh, anyway, you know, so we so we watched SpongeBob and, and, and a lot of different uh, uh, characters from the 90s and early 2000s. And that's when I really got inspired to write this book, because I like ranking things. I think it's fun. And nobody had ever really um, done a book about cartoon characters before, the greatest cartoon characters of all time. And I thought, um, you know, why not? It's right up my alley. Right. And so uh, in. I, I came up with the idea. I got a, a, a that wonderful co-author who was one of the foremost experts, cartoon characters really in the country. And we went forward and we put about 200 cartoon characters out there. And we decided, you know, we kept narrowing it down and narrowing it down to the top 100. Very interesting. Um, so now we want to be careful because part of the allure of the book is you rank the hundred characters. So if we list all hundred characters, why would you buy the book? But I want to ask you a little bit about your rankings. I, I know you don't want to reveal two them on the air, but was there one that maybe would surprise you or the general public that didn't make the top hundred? Like, was yeah. there? Yeah, like, which one would kind of shock us? The well, the, the two the, the, the two things that come to mind right away, um, when I uh, when I ask people who do you think our top one hundred or a top character of all time is, people either say Bugs Bunny or they say Mickey Mouse. And what I have to explain to them is that when Mickey Mouse came to the tele came to television with the Mickey Mouse Club in the nineteen fifties, Donald Duck was considered to be a superior character. You know, uh, he had more, uh, a little bit of angry and more personality, more depth to his personality. And we actually have Donald Duck ranked ahead of Mickey Mouse in the book. So that's okay. a little bit of a surprise to, to people that we have Mickey Mouse ranked only number 28 uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, uh, Walt Disney wanted Mickey Mouse to be the face of his organization. So he didn't really expand his personality from his, from the theatrical shorts period, you know, before television. And he just remained rather drab in that way. So we, we don't have Mickey Mouse very high. The other one is um, a character that might be a little before your time. There's a character named Huckleberry Hound. Okay. And um, there are several people have, have been expressed disappointment that Huckleberry Hound didn't make our top 100. In fact, I was selling the book at a Comic-Con in Cleveland and a guy comes up to me with his wallet out already. Okay. Like you usually have to convince people. And he says, oh, I want to get this book. 
And he said, where do you have Huckleberry Hound ranked? And I said, um, well, he didn't quite make it. He was, I think, in the, in the t- last 10 cuts, you know. And um, he took his wallet back, put his wallet back in his pocket and said, you've lost all credibility with me. And he walked away. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, maybe I should have put a Huckleberry Hound in there. But I really didn't think he, you know, <laughs> I just thought he was didn't have the uh, depth of personality that, that was required to be in that book. But those are two, you know, two that come to mind right away. Um, we have we have a lot of, you know, we have some really evil characters. Eric Cartman from South Park is in our top ten. Wow. Um, and he's okay. just a horrible, horrible, you know, character. But he's got all, he's just, um, there's just so yeah. much. Uh, to Eric Cartman, and he, he's, he's such a colorful character, even though he's just horrible. Um, that you know, we have him in there, and and uh, so um, you know, we have a lot of we have some really evil characters in there. We have some a lot of really funny characters, some superheroes. Um, you know, cover all the decades of cartooning. It's just uh, really fun. Brandon, which cartoon character sticks out to you? Let's see if it made Marty's list. Oh. Um... Oh, I guess uh, I'm curious. Like, uh, I guess do we have do any of the characters from The Simpsons count? Oh, absolutely. The Simpsons oh, have been out for 30 years. In fact, uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but uh, uh, both Homer and Bart made the book, and um, and there's another famous character from that uh, that cartoon series, uh, Mr. Burns, that also made the book. Um, and so, yes, we have three characters from The Simpsons that made that book, and and that's uh, fairly rare. We tried to spread things out a little bit, uh, but to have three characters from the same show uh, make our top 100 uh, is a little bit of an honor. So I can make the argument for Krusty the Clown when we're thinking about Simpsons. Why why would he maybe rank a little bit lower than some of the other Simpsons that made your top 100? Well, there has to be uh, one one thing, and, and this happened with some of the Warner Brothers characters. And we could have we could have put fifteen to twenty Warner Brothers, you know, Looney Tunes characters in there. And uh, but there were a few characters like Pepe Le Pew. They just didn't appear in enough cartoons. They weren't really quite prevalent enough to be in there. And if it wasn't a character that was, uh, you know, in pretty much every episode or almost, you know, a lot of episodes, then sometimes you know they got left out. Now we never really. We never really gave a Krusty the Clown a whole lot of consideration, um, and we we did want to spread things out a little bit. We felt like uh, Mr. Burns and, of course, Homer and Bart um, were were such significant characters that they deserved to be in there, and uh, we didn't want to, you know, have. I mean, three was sort of enough for The Simpsons, I would think. Well, I'm Pepe Le Pew. Come on, it's it's based on me, right? <laughs> well, Pepe Le Pew and. Uh, um, you know, there were a couple other characters that um, that didn't make the book from Warner Brothers that that some people thought were, you know, could have been in there. Uh, Elmer Fudd didn't make it because Elmer Fudd was so incredibly dependent on Bugs Bunny to to be to to be relevant on that show um, that you know he didn't make it. So you know, but we have uh, we have twelve or thirteen, I think, Warner Brothers characters and a lot of Hanna Barbera. We have course woody woodpecker and then we have a lot of characters from the from the set we have garfield we have a lot of characters from the 90s and 2000s and today so um you know hey it's it there's a hundred characters to choose out of thousands and thousands of cartoon characters that have been on television and in, and in theatrical shorts um over the years so over there are a lot of really good characters that had to get left out 
Have you gotten any feedback from like some of the people that put the characters on screen? I mean, every, it seems like every time there's a list that you come out with, you know, people are either really excited or really displeased. You know, you talk about hearing from some of the fans. Have you heard from any of the people that make the cartoons themselves? Well, I had a you know I had a long conversation with Tom Kenny that 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 wrote the forward to the book uh, that is the voice of SpongeBob and and uh, he was just absolutely thrilled. I was so surprised, but he he was very genuinely thrilled that um, Patrick, who is SpongeBob's friend, made the book uh, as I think number seventy eight or something like that. Who remember you guys remember the the show Coach? Yeah, with okay. Aiden Fox, right? The, yeah. the, the long, the guy with the kind of long blonde hair that was an assistant. Yes. That's, Dauber, right? That's, what's that? Dauber, maybe? Yeah, Dauber. Okay. That is the voice of, of Patrick. He's oh. the voice of Patrick on the, so it's a little tidbit of information you might want okay. to give out to somebody. But anyway, he was thrilled that Dauber, that uh, Patrick made the book as well um, as a sidekick to SpongeBob. But as far as, you know, feedback from um, uh, voices or, or, or people, you know, animators, things like that. Uh, nothing like that. We just had to be really careful that we were able to use the images. We have uh, images of almost every cartoon character in the book, really colorful, nice images. And uh, we had to make sure that we could use those images legally in the legal department at Roman and Littlefield. This book was published by Roman and Littlefield. Um, the legal department at Roman and Littlefield did a real nice job uh, trying to, you know, securing as many images as we could. Brandon, whatever comic book character sticks out to you, we got to test Marty and see if it's made his list. Run that by oh, me again. I mean, um... No, I was asking Brandon whatever cartoon stuck out to him. I want to test you on this. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, you know, well, you know, the there are people that there are people oh, no. that, that talk about comic books, you know. They say, oh, uh, you know, I say, who's your favorite cartoon character? And they'll come up with some kind of comic book character. And I say, no, 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 this is animated. This is cartoon characters. This has nothing okay. to do with comic book characters. Yeah, it's because like, there's a lot of um, adaptations of, uh, of uh, yes. comic book characters. So, uh, But those didn't make the cut at all in this ranking. This is strictly original animation. Well, no, I mean, there, there are, I mean, uh, you know, Spider-Man, things like that, they're, they're in the book. If they had some kind of TV presence and, and made some kind of impact on television whatsoever, uh, they're eligible to make the book. And, and um, but, you know, it, the, the funny thing was that uh, the Peanuts characters, now I, I talked about how the co-author is the resident cartoonist for the Charles Schultz Museum, but we had to decide whether to put Charlie Brown and Snoopy and Lucy and these characters in the book because they were... Really? They were comic strip characters. Okay. That's what they were. But they made such an impact as cartoon characters in, um, uh, you know, the holiday specials and all that. I mean, you see them all the time now uh, as cartoon characters that we decided to put them in. In fact, we have Snoopy ranked number six uh, in wow. our all-time 100 greatest cartoon character. Excuse me. And we have um, Ch uh, Charlie Brown in there as well. And Lucy was, was one of the last cuts. Didn't quite make it. You know, I, I think, and obviously this wouldn't, because I don't think they ever had a um, like an animation part of it. You know, one of my favorite cartoons growing up, well, in terms of comics, was um, Calvin and Hobbes. How would that have done if that ever was anime? I don't think I've ever seen an animated version of that. No, no, I don't believe so either. And I think that might have been 
I think that might have uh, gone over quite well, actually. Yeah, because right. they're they're uh, funny and um, and I think that just yeah, animation would have worked well with Calvin and Hobbes. I think. Very interesting. Beavis and Butthead, you had some reservations. What was the reservation, Chad? I, I had no reservations about putting them in because they, they really were popular uh, among a certain age group, I think, more so than older people. Mm -hmm. um, and they made a, a real impact on American pop culture for a while there. I just didn't think they were funny. Um, I just thought they were kind of – and I don't mind crude. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm willing to put, um, you know, Eric Cartman in the book, for, for goodness sake – uh, that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, prudish in any way uh, along those lines. I just didn't think Beavis and Butthead were funny, and I just think they were they were stupid. But um, they, like I say, they made an impact, and they and they got in the book. In fact, they're ranked um, in the top half of our top 100. So, so your the rankings are based on kind of like the impact you felt that they had on American culture, then, right? Well, they're a part of it. Um, okay. That would be kind of like the legacy part, you know, what kind of mm -hmm. impact they made. Yes. Um, but there, it was just, you know, there's some of it is just, um, you know, how funny or how interesting or how wonderful we thought the cartoon characters were in general, but also um, legacy, you know, how much of an impact they made or how, how memorable they are. I mean, here's Mickey Mouse and, um, and Bugs Bunny and Popeye. Um, almost a hundred years old, these characters, and they're still exceptionally well known. You know, everybody. Right. Knows Bug, Bugs Bunny has his. Uh, you know, they they have a, Bug, a Bugs Bunny national holiday now. But um, uh, so you know, there's that and, and uniqueness of voice. Do they have unique voices and and uh, how much how much they contributed to the shows that they were on? You know, if they were on regular half hours like uh, Fred Flintstone, whatever. Um, you know, were they on half-hour sitcoms or, or animated sitcoms, whatever it was, um, how much impact they made in those shows. You know, so there was there were a lot of criteria that we used. We wanted to completely avoid, you know, having a situation where people say, oh, these are your favorite cartoon characters. We wanted to avoid that. We wanted to be the, the best cartoon characters based on that criteria. Excellent. Well, we're on with Marty Gitlin. Um, he wrote a celebration of animation, the 100 greatest cartoon characters in TV history. And you can find that. And I got it here on the screen at Gitlin Books, G-I-T-L-I-N-B-O-O-K-S.com. Um, Marty, want to turn our attention a little bit. We were going to talk about that, this during a regular show, but you know, you've written a lot about sports and I, I think we should address it with you if you don't mind. Um, yesterday, we're recording this on January 27th. Uh, yesterday, obviously, stunning news from the NBA. Uh, the death of Kobe Bryant, who died with his daughter and, sadly, seven other people. They were headed to a travel basketball game. Um, Marty, you, you covered a lot of high school sports. You covered some pro sports. What what do you think the impact overall of Kobe was on the NBA? I mean, obviously a a big player um, is kind of what made it shocking was he was so young when he died. Or you know, it's funny everybody reacted uh, differently and, and very personally to what happened. And I think that for some reason, you know, maybe I'm looking at it different, but I, but um, for some reason, I feel felt the impact being that he had transformed himself into a wonderful person off the court and a and a just an incredible father i mean all the all the reports have been that he was just um 
had his whole life was was wrapped around his daughters and and uh, being the best father that he could be and and um, so that's what impacted me right away was was when I found out that also his daughter was killed in this thing, in this tragic accident it was just terrible. But as a as a, a player, I think his legacy will not just wrap around his greatness as a talent, but his that whole you know Mamba uh, mentality that he brought to the game. And he, you know, I mean, what a, an incredible clutch player. I mean, the, the the guy, you know, when when games were on the line, he wanted the ball, and he and he kind of um, transferred that whole Mamba mentality into into uh, other players that he impacted, including Kyrie Irving. We talked a little bit about, you know, off the air. Uh, you know, I wrote a book uh, about Kyrie Irving um, called Kyrie Irving uh, Colon. Um, Uncle Drew, Little Mountain, an enigmatic NBA superstar. It's it's an unauthorized biography, and it's uh, it was you know somewhat critical of Kyrie, but but also in that book, um, he uh, talked about how um, he kind of um, had that Mamba mentality. Uh, he kind of sucked it right into his body during the 2016 Finals, and uh, particularly down the stretch of Game Seven when he when he hit the shot that won the Cavaliers uh, the championship. And um, he talked about how he FaceTimed and Kyrie and then and, and um, uh, Kobe Bryant brought that up as well. But how Kyrie FaceTimed him during the celebration in the locker room after game seven and, and told, you know, hey, it, your, your mama mentality worked for me, you know. And I, I think that was, you know, it just goes to show what an incredible impact he had on everybody he touched. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. was talking about it. Uh, one of the Cavalier players was talking about it. Kevin Love was talking about it. And so many players around the NBA were talking about what an impact they had on him and how much they, um, you know, how how much they, they loved, uh, you know, what he was all about and as a, as a father and as a player. Does it surprise you? You know, I tweeted something about this yesterday. I thought it was kind of different. Like the NBA, they had all their games yesterday. I saw in the news before we started the podcast, I guess they're uh, postponing tomorrow night's um, Lakers-Clippers game. Uh, you think it's good? It seems like obviously there's a lot of sadness in the Lakers community because that's where Kobe's from and that's where he played at. Um, did it surprise you that we had a lot of basketball yesterday or – I think uh, to some degree, I think it might have been a little bit too late by the time that this whole word got out to to cancel those games. People, you know, so many fans or whatever had made their plans and and all that kind of stuff. My, my and that's just that's just my impression. I mean, that's just what my thoughts are. I have no you know reason to to back that up. But also, I think you know if you really really want to honor Kobe Bryant, the place to do it is at all these NBA arenas around the country is a great way to honor him. Uh, moments of silence. The, uh, some teams, I don't know if all the teams did it, the Cavaliers and, and Pistons did it tonight, where they both took 24-second uh, violations in their first possessions of the game while the fans, um, you know, shouted, were chanting Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. And so that's a wonderful way to honor him, probably more so than just canceling the games. And then it's just silence and and uh, I, I had no issue with what the NBA, you know, how the NBA um, tweeted this whole thing. And, you know, the 24 seconds to mark, you know, Kobe's uniform number and, you know, honor that. Um, Brandon, you said you had a question for him? Yeah, sorry. This would be probably to go back earlier to your um, comment. 
Um, I was since you mentioned that you you know you you grew up watching uh, Saturday morning cartoons and then of course watch them later with um, um, your children. Uh, I'm just curious, how do you feel like the, the this kind of form of entertainment? How has it evolved and how has it gotten better in your eyes? I don't think it, well. What happened was in the theatrical shorts period way back in the in the 30s and 40s, the animation was a lot better than it is today. Uh, the animation was is better than it, it was just even at the start of television because when television came about, the animators and, and cartoonists and, and writers, everybody had to work a lot faster because they had to make cartoons that aired every, you know, every day or every week or whatever it is. So the, the animation lacked a lot of depth and it, that's still the case today where the animation itself just does not have the same kind of uh, depth that it did uh, like Tom and Jerry or, Bug, or the Warner Brothers cartoons or Woody Woodpecker, these cartoons had just uh, a lot better animation. Now, um, as far as the writing is concerned, uh, the the writers of cartoon shows are now uh, a lot more um, socially um, uh, active as far as as far as the way they're portraying um, their cartoon characters. Uh, they're they're giving it more of a social conscious. Like there's a there was a character um, not too long ago named Timmy from the Fairly Odd Parents who had who had problems with his parents and had problems with his babysitter and and had you know issues of there's a show called Bob's Burgers with a character named Tina Belcher who's a 13 year old girl she's voiced by a male voice actor and he's um, and she has some kind of social issues and she sounds like a boy and she's not very attractive and things like that and I think that um, uh, so there's a little bit more more depth to the characterizations of cartoon characters now than they used to be but you know <laughs> frankly I just do not see at right now, anyway, except for maybe Family Guy and, and South Park and a couple other shows, the um, the humor, the, the just the greatness of characters that you'll find with a a, a Bugs Bunny or a or a, or a Daffy Duck or a Woody Woodpecker or whatever. I, I just don't I, I don't see it as much, except for um, you know uh, limited number of cases in today's uh, cartooning. Very interesting. And yeah, you'll have to check uh, Marty out. He's been going to various libraries. And like I said, I, I saw a late Facebook message. I mean, he was at the Westville Library last week, and that's where we got to reconnect. And it, it, it's a fun little presentation you do. You show a lot of clips over Thanks. the years. And I appreciate it. Hey, I've done, I've done I'm, I'm certainly used to it. I've done more than 100 of them now. In fact, okay. I've, done, I've done presentations in, you know, uh, throughout Ohio and, and Pennsylvania. Uh, mostly in the Pittsburgh area and then in Detroit as well. I've done presentations for adults. I've done presentations for kids, um, you know, teens. I've done some teen presentations. And um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a piece of cake now. I certainly don't need notes anymore to do these presentations. And I do, I show, you know, a lot of fun cartoons and, and I have cartoon trivia, as you know, I, I do a lot mm -hmm. of cartoon trivia, so it's interactive. I play the voices of cartoon characters and they have to the Patrons have to decide, you know, who the voices of those cartoon characters are. I have a couple cartoon-related games, and we play, and you know, so everyone just has a really good, a lot of laughing. You know, there's a lot of uh, bonding over the over watching cartoons, and and it's just a you know, it's just a blast. And and uh, pretty soon, I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, just a boatload of presentations that I've set up uh, about my Indians book. Yeah, we definitely love to have you on, like to talk more about the sports type of book in the future. So yeah, we'll definitely be in touch. Yeah. Now for yeah. these presentations, we have a lot of listeners in the Ohio area. 
can they get your schedule on Gitlin Books, or where's the best place to go if they say, "Hey, I want to hear Marty talk and check him out." Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, if anyone wants to know um, anything about my books, they can go to gitlinbooks.com. If anyone wants to know anything about my schedule coming up um, and they want to see me at an event, uh, which would be absolutely wonderful, um, they could go to um, they could email me. That's the only way they can really do it. I have a schedule up right now, but I have so many. I have like 50, 60 uh, library presentations coming up just in the next uh, four or five months. And um, so they would have to email me at mgitlin. It's M-G-I-T-L-I-N, mgitlin at sbcglobal.net. So if you want to see me, write that down, mgitlin at sbcglobal.net and um, email me and, and let me know that uh, and I'll, I'll, you know, uh, I'll let them know a little bit more about my schedule and when I'm going to be presenting. Message me your email on Facebook and we'll definitely put in the show notes that we'll include with the show then. So, well, fantastic. Well, Marty, I appreciate your time. Man, it's been, geez, 20 years maybe? Since we worked together, it's been I, a while. I left the News Herald in 2002, so that's yeah. 17 years right there. And I, I I'm yeah, trying I still to remember. at the time, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. But um, just so your listeners know, you know, GitlinBooks.com. I have four books up there right now, including my um, Cleveland Indians book. It's a complete history of the Indians, and uh, it's really a fun book. I also have a complete history of the Boston Red Sox, and I have my Kyrie Irving book, and of course, I have. Uh, my celebration of animation, the 100 greatest cartoon characters in television history. I autograph the books for free. I personalize them for free and I ship them for free. And uh, so oh. getlinbooks.com. I do appreciate you guys having me on. It's absolutely been wonderful. Yeah. And, the, and here's the um, homepage for getlinbooks.com. Well, Marty, go. it's been fun. Let's don't be a stranger. We got to do this again soon. And, you know, thanks for coming on the show with us. And we'll look forward to talking to you before long. Sounds wonderful. I do appreciate you guys having me on. I had a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Marty. You have a great night. All right, Brandon. That was Marty Gitlin talking some cartoons and some sports. Um, stay on the line with us. We will be back shortly to have a regular show. Um, sure. Brandon, we'll see you in a sec. Yep. See you, Chris. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope to learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.